another episode of Sweet Valley Online. This week we're discussing Sweet Valley Twins number 46, Mademoiselle Jessica. I'm Wing, I am not a Francophile, and I'm still waiting for werewolves. I'm here with my not-so-evil triplets, Dove and Raven. I'm Dove, and and punishment by humiliation is okay by me. Bonjour, je m'appelle Raven. J'adore la Mademoiselle Jessica. Creepy, on a number of levels. <laughs> well, you killed Wing. All right, that was the best intro ever. I'm so impressed with us. <clears throat> uh, so after that, I feel like I should have Raven read the summary in French too. So why don't we just hand this book over to Raven to run this podcast? No, no, you're not going to bully me just because it's it's good fun and I enjoyed it. That's not fair. <laughs> Mostly, I just want you to do all the French talking. So why didn't you have this book in the first place? <laughs> it was because of the threat of Madame Andre. If I had to read another book that had Madame Andre in it, I'd have probably punted the book into the sky. And yet she wasn't here at all. <laughs> I don't mind having hated it, but uh, I wouldn't mind having more actual French thrown around throughout this recap of this podcast. So lean on Raven for that. Anyway, the summary is very brief this time, unlike last time I led a podcast episode where I talked for half an hour about the summary of the damn book. Lila's bragging is annoying pretty much everyone around her, and Jessica's tempted to show her up by entering a competition sponsored by Teenager Magazine. That title. They're looking for a model family, capital M, capital F, to send on an all-expenses paid trip to Paris. Jessica writes an entry, but decides that the actual Wakefield family is too boring to include, so she makes up most of the details. Except that she can't think of a way to make Elizabeth sound better than she actually is. Jessica can't think of a way to make Elizabeth sound better than she actually is. I really should just end the recap and the podcast on that line, because no. Jessica doesn't plan to actually enter the contest with that joke entry, but Elizabeth mails it for her, not knowing what it is, and, of course, the Wakefields are chosen as finalists. The next step of the competition is to have an interview with the magazine representative. Jessica tries to convince her family to pretend to be the perfect people she wrote them as, and they promise to go along with it. And she believes this. Really, though, their plan is to teach Jessica why she has to stop exaggerating things, because humiliating your daughter is a healthy parenting strategy for sure. They wear strange clothes and act over the top and deeply embarrass Jessica. Everyone gets a good laugh out of it, and Jessica claims to have learned her lesson to never exaggerate again, which is, of course, an exaggeration itself. The B-plot, and the better plot, is that the unicorns are desperate to have Brooke Dennis become a member, especially Lila. But Brooke is not interested. She's too nice to them, though. And there's a bit of comedy of errors about her rejecting them without rejecting them, Lila being certain that she can't wait to be a member, the school gossiping about it even while Brooke refuses to believe it's true, wash, rinse, repeat. In the end, Brooke does not become a unicorn, and throughout the book, she's an absolute delight, so I want to see more of her. Brooke, yay! Everything else, boo. I do like the fact that you emphasised, like, when one Mary Sue 
can't figure out how to make another Mary Sue more perfect. Your Sue world is exploding into glitter and perfection and bullshit. Jessica even comes up with ways to make herself sound better. But Elizabeth is too perfect as it is. Bullshit. I do think that was Coolgate having a good old laugh at how perfect Elizabeth is because there are a few digs here and there. Yeah, I, I didn't read it as anything other than that. I thought that Jessica was basically having fun with the whole thing and exaggerating wildly about everything in her family and making stuff up and then just got to Elizabeth. And I thought that was the icing on the cake for me. I thought it was like, yeah, Elizabeth's too perfect. Yeah, done, tick. And that's, uh, that's just, it just made me laugh that. I thought it was brilliant. I liked that she had fun with, with this entry, and she had a blast, and it was a great time until it got sent off. I did not take her, at least in world, her little thing with Elizabeth as her not feeling like Elizabeth was perfect. Like, there's just, she goes on and on and on about Elizabeth, literally as she's saying with every line, oh, she's too perfect, I'll never believe this and this and this, and she's already these wonderful things, I couldn't make up anything better. Oh, and now under me, and I can make up all sorts of better things. And it just did not seem like a Jessica thing to do. So even though I do think it was a Team Grapplegate joke at how they're forced to write Elizabeth and Jessica as the two Mary Sues in some ways, in universe, I thought it fell flat. Well, I think it's. I would say it's leading, uh, leading somewhere, uh, because uh, there is a plot line um, where Elizabeth's perfection is the central hub of it. So I would say this is actually foreshadowing a forthcoming book. So you may retrospectively respect that more well, I respect once you've read it. it. That- book but i still don't think it works in this book so I, yeah. I, i'm gonna play devil's elbow on this and i think it did definitely work in this book because the fact that she was like well they hammered it home quite well for me by saying well nobody would believe it if i wrote this down about elizabeth and that is just so telegraphing this one's just for you guys who are reading the books and it might have been a slightly out of character for, for Jessica to not have the imagination to be able to come up with a better way of um, improving Elizabeth. But I think it worked spectacularly as intended. Well, actually, I admit more it's out of character for her to say Elizabeth is perfect, but then change herself as she wrote it. If she'd been like, we're both too perfect, then yeah, cool, whatever, I guess. Actually, um, there are quite a lot of books throughout the series where Jessica feels very much like the inferior twin because literally all her life like Elizabeth is the perfect one and you can sort of see it I mean obviously it gets overemphasized in those books but while Jessica is perfect in her own way for being pretty and popular and everyone likes her at home she's on the chores her room's always a mess um you know in the ways that um, adults do as perfect, Jessica's not hitting it, whereas Elizabeth is seen as like quite grown up and like she has the responsibility of running the paper. And Jess, whenever she has responsibility like that, like for example, when she ran the paper, she got tuckered out after like three editions and was, you know, it quickly escalated out of control because she had no 
way of stopping herself from just dialing up to 11 and lying her pants off. But the ways that Elizabeth is treated as perfect are not things that she respects generally. Like Jessica frequently talks about how many ways she would change Elizabeth. So to then have her not change her here at the very least, she could talk about how she's this great student and blah, blah, blah. But also, you know, she has this beautiful fashion sense and all of this stuff, which is stuff that she mocks Elizabeth for regularly. Like it, that didn't feel real to me. Like the, the fashion sense I'll give you because like all throughout these books it's like Paris is all about fashion like as if there's no one in France who just wears jeans and a t-shirt like literally everyone is wearing couture it's like gossip girl over there non-stop on literally everyone even janitors like literally everyone everyone is wearing a one-of-a-kind fuck you Primark doesn't exist here bitches outfit well, I think you'll find it's called Le Primark. Yeah. <laughs> I think that um, Stephen sort of, uh, when he was dressed in the full black outfit, that's also very Parisian and also quite cheap. That's not couture, is it? That's that's like I am I am wearing black and smoking gitane, <laughs> and I will drink my wine. That was a very um, stereotypical American view of it too which made me laugh my ass off oh my god that was so funny oh I love that she called Brooke Brookette <laughs> yes literally laughed until I cried Brookette one of the things that I did wind me up a little bit about it I enjoyed this book I found it very entertaining I thought it was written with glee you could tell that the writers were imbuing the characters with glee as well when they were um, trolling Jessica at the end to use the modern parlance um, but also Jessica when she was writing her summary of the the perfect the Wakefield she was also writing it with glee I, I, I properly laughed out loud read, when I was reading that, that whole section I actually thought that the ending when they were pranking her that let I, f- I felt that was a bit weaker than the actual setup which was a shame but the thing that niggled me most was the fact that the magazine went, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll go along with this. Yeah, we'll we'll spend our money sending our representative to come and interview Le Wakefield as presented, fully in the knowledge that J- Jessica had spoofed them and it was all to make uh, help her teach her, like, be, be taught a lesson. And that's like, really? Wouldn't they have just went, ha-ha, fair enough, we'll not bother coming. Thank you very much. Go and teach your daughter a lesson yourself. We'll go and interview the proper people and move on like that. Yeah. Which is actually a real shame because it could have been so easily fixed by having them call the magazine. Magazine does exactly that. And then they just bring in some coworker or friend that Jessica yeah. never met. <laughs> a local Amdram society or... Sure. Yeah, just anyone who felt like overacting or whatever. Yeah. Just... Yeah. like So yeah, they could have made the setup in a way that would have... Maybe that even would have taken away some of my concerns about the humiliation aspect. Because part of what hit me so strong was that they were going to let her do this, force her to do this in front of this, these people that she actually was trying to impress or that she actually cared about what they thought. And then the friend thing, which thank God that actually fell out the window. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe that would have been slightly better. But no, I still have super issues with the humiliation punishment. If it was one of the family friends sort of disguised as the magazine representative, they could have even pushed it a bit further. And like, you know, when the, when the donuts flambe came out, have it accidentally set fire to the, this person's wig or something like that, you know, make it 
over the top, totally ridiculous. Because that's the one thing I also think about that last section. I, I don't think it went far enough to be massively over the top and wacky and hijinks and fun. It was sort of like, and now Alice is going to do a dance. And then everyone's like, what? And then it's like, no, I'm not, only joking. And that was the end of it. You know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. I'd have paid money to see Alice do a dance. People and then, have, you know. know. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Well, yeah. <laughs> I think that they could have done more with the setup, with the, the fantastic setup, in my opinion, that they that they did. They could have done more to humiliate Jessica. I, I know, I understand that you have the issue with the humiliation, but we sort of know going into this that it's wacky hijinks rather than serious business. I do think if they had done more where they were humiliating themselves at the same time, it would have felt more balanced. So yeah, like if Alice had done this horrific dance in this good spirit of this is a big joke we're playing, that would have been fun and it would have made things feel more balanced rather than adults you're tormenting their own yeah i agree with that it could have been much more fun like yeah and just have steven play some freeform jazz allegedly and it's just him on his trombone which is not a sexy instrument in case anyone's i knew we were gonna have the sexy instrument conversation again so let's put one quick pin in that to come back to because yes like the costumes what they did with the costumes and brooke coming in as their french maid wearing a fridge made costume like all of that was so delightfully over the top had the actions actually stood out to that too or even like ned doing uh live painting just throwing paint at things that could have been a ton of fun and negated my issues with the humili- uh, the humiliation yeah, aspect so it was kind of a, a miss but yeah yeah so i thought it was going to be like uh jumping to conclusions and i think it had the promise of that but it didn't quite live up to it because you know 11 year old dove quite quite liked it found it funny adult dove not so much you like i had the hope but it didn't quite pan out okay so where do we sit on the um cultural insensitivity on this or are the french just fair game french are fair game i mean i i said well, they are too with the english I said this on uh, the Point Horror website because uh, Wing told me off for being xenophobic. I'm like, it's not xenophobia if it's the French. And she was really (laughs) cross about that. It is xenophobia, even if it is the French. It is, yeah, but um, of course it is. But um, I don't know, for some reason, it's just not, even if it is. It is a serious answer. It doesn't carry the same sort of institutionalized biases that you get when you talk about racism or classism or things like that. Uh, but yeah, in some ways it is still xenophobic to have this mocking fear of the French, even when it's the sort of stereotypical adoration of the French. It's the same thing you get when the problems that come from, say, many Americans' love of the royal family and their obsession with that sort of stuff without acknowledging the very real issues that the royal family brings to a country where they have royals or the overarching historical issues of that. But (laughs) this is such a not actually about France anything. Like it's, I don't even know where her ideas of French have come from besides uh, movies, maybe, and God forbid, Madame Andre. Fuck Madame Andre. Well, in Gossip Girl, in the TV show, Blair is absolutely obsessed with France, and I think it's like from all of the old movies. And since 
everyone knows there are no contemporary movies in Sweet Valley. Possibly it's the same thing. And to be fair, being a Francophile is a thing, or at least it was a, a big thing on teenage girls in the 80s and 90s. I don't know that it necessarily is to the same extent now, but it was kind of a thing where all you knew about it was fashion and Paris was this beautiful land of beautiful snobby people that smoked cigarettes and ate nothing and drank wine and blah, blah, blah. Or the obsession with, what's that book called? Like French women never get fat or something like that, where it was all about France, specifically Paris as this, they can eat and drink whatever they want, but they never gain weight and they're always slim and perfect and beautiful. Ooh la la. So that sort of obsession with a, fake like just a concept not really france itself but with a concept well i'll sort of give you that i can sort of see that that, that it's sort of putting a positive the, the, the whole positive stereotype and, and the adoration but then we've got steven smashing up the place because friend the french people are messy i don't actually think that's why he did that though no it was because of his artistic temperament <laughs> okay fair enough I actually didn't read it as that either. I thought it was more because it was... Oh, but doesn't Alice say? I think that's what she writes it off as. But they do it, I thought, because Jessica wanted so badly for it to be clean. It has nothing to do with whether the fridge actually would be clean. It was Jessica's expectation that we have to have a beautiful house. And she worked so hard to clean it for literally the first time in her life. (laughs) So, yeah, they had to make it dirty again. Just going back to... um, France and everything. In every point horror, the adults are always uh, absent because they're in Europe. And this right, every adult is in Europe. Um, no mention of which country or why or it's just we've got you know we've gone to Europe. Um, it actually was a trope on our site for ages. Um, it's this weird thing of the 80s that Europe was very exotic and desirable. And it's like, really? I mean, some bits are lovely, some bits are not. Well, you have to remember uh, that Europe to Americans, especially in the 80s and 90s, is this long way to go. It was expensive. Uh, people only went because they were well off enough to go or they were in the the armed forces they were sent over there so yeah that's kind of this and also it's just this monolithic idea even today i almost guarantee that there are way too many americans who can't name countries on a map it's just europe so yeah it definitely ties into some of that weird xenophobic obsessions that the u.s has too and it's generally when they say europe they mean France, Germany, Italy, Spain, maybe Portugal, uh, all of the, you know, safe Western version of uh, Europe. I pretty much guarantee that nobody was visiting like Chernobyl. (laughs) Right. Although every time I say things like that, I suddenly think, hang on, Russia's not. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that's the same in, 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 in well, in Britain, I guess. Right. We, we, have, we call it mainland Europe because we're Europe as well, obviously. But, so in mainland Europe, we have mainland Europe and then we have Eastern Europe, which is the Eastern Bloc countries, East right. Germany, Poland, that sort of way. But when we say Europe, then it would be the holiday destinations. Right, exactly. You know? And while places like Croatia now are legitimate holiday destinations and Czechoslovakia and stuff... I can see back in the 80s, it would have been Spain, it would have been France, it would have been Germany, Belgium. 
and you, you know, know that those sort of places thing. are Bruges. It's like a fucking fairy tale. And even though, yeah, you're right, these are legitimate destinations now to do these holidays. That I think that when people talk, they still don't. That has not really seeped into cultural consciousness yet, at least over here. Like individually, you can go like, yes, these are great places. But if someone's just kind of broadly talking about Europe, they're definitely not thinking about those. Which is which is a part of the problem but yeah so i def- i do think that that whole the parents going to europe as a monolith as opposed to a specific location ties into that too while we're talking about the wakefields and europe uh rosie messaged me yesterday yesterday to inform me that the wakefields are so called because they date back to the earl of wakefield really as in 10 minutes down the road from mine and raven's house really I find that slightly horrific, but unsurprising. Well, there is an Elizabeth Lane in Wakefield. Oh my God, no. That's the last thing she needs. (laughs) She's so perfect. Now, to be fair, Jessica gets a boulevard. (laughs) Does this come about from trying, like, the sagas or something like that? Yeah, she was trying to make me read the sagas. And I was like, oh, I don't usually read historical. She was like, oh, look at this, though. And she showed me the family tree. I'm like, God damn, I am going to have to read those bastard books, aren't I? I mean, yeah. eventually you were going to have to read them anyway, because eventually I'm sure they're going to come up and recapping. Well, that's true. But that's like 2025 Dove's problem. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you could push it off till Dove in 2025 has to deal with it. <laughs> and or we're in an apocalyptic wasteland and no one's dealing with it. <laughs> That's true. See, I, I, I think I'd believe more, it more if it was Stephen being related to the Earl of Sandwich. <laughs> good, good work. Although she did, uh, Rosie also sent me screen caps of um, throughout the ages, uh, there's been Every sort of like Wakefield or Larson, because those are the two family names, has had twins, twin girls and a boy. And she sent me screen caps of all of the Stephen stand-ins who's had incesty feelings towards their Jessica of their time. I was like, oh, wow. Bred into his DNA. Teen Creeps did an episode or two on the some of the sagas, at least. And yeah, it was very weird to see the these families having the same setup over and over and over. It's I think there's a TV tropes about how the family all looks alike. Like you can obviously yeah. tell these family based on Generation Xerox. That's what it's called. Yes, there you go. Generation Xerox. And that this just increases that tenfold because not only do they all look alike and you could tell they're a Wakefield because they look like a Wakefield, uh, but they all have the same family structure. What the hell? Yeah. Parody of a parody. Yeah. And they date back to the Earl of Wakey. That means so much more to you than to me, clearly. <laughs> it's like 10 minutes down the road from us. I'm feeling offended. Weird. I'm feeling culturally appropriated. <laughs> <laughs> Get those twins out of my county. <laughs> Says the Kent girl. Fuck off, I'm not from there. They are blonde-haired, blue-eyed, rich girls. I feel like they'd fit exactly where you grew up. You're, uh, the, your classmates, aren't they wonderful? Don't you love them so? Well, I think I'm going to go back and reread some of the books and give all the characters really thick Yorkshire accents. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to, to record this when you do this. <laughs> uh, in part because... I'm not entirely certain what a Yorkshire accent sounds like, necessarily. That's a really great-looking sweater. Excellent. I was hoping that would prompt you to do that. But also because it'd be hilarious. 
Oh, I now want Elizabeth to do a project on Yorkshire. <laughs> Vince at White Rose. That sounds like a fanfic moment. Someone should write that. I can't. I write literally all the fanfic in Sweet Valley Twins. I'm sure that's not true. Now I'm going to have to go looking and see if I can find it in one of the old archives. Surely there's fanfic for it out there somewhere. It's like I set you up to go and find me stuff. Well, I mean... Clearly, all you had to do was say, hey, I wonder if there's fanfic. Oh, look. So, yeah, you could have made that much easier on yourself. <laughs> Wing once read me fanfic while I uh, scanned in books. <laughs> I did. I found the most horrifying uh, summaries of fanfic and read them to her. <laughs> uh. Real person fic, so it was proper scarring. I'm such a good person, let me tell you. Oh dear. So, po- possibly we should say something about this bloody book. Okay, so you guys seem to have really enjoyed the A plot, but what about the B plot? I enjoyed the B plot too. Yeah, for some reason in the comments of your uh, your recap, I suddenly became aggressively pro-Lila. Um, I don't know if you've read my comments yet, but for some reason they were all shouty caps. And it, yeah, and my excuse was... They are, and you were super into Lila this book, um, yeah. Which is weird, because I actually wasn't. I was just being the devil's elbow. Yeah, that's a thing now. It's never going away. <laughs> I know. I love it. It makes me laugh yeah, every Yeah, but time. my thing was, uh, both of them are quite wealthy. Both of them have workaholic dads. Both of them have absent mothers. Maybe Lila wants to hang out with someone like her. And I haven't yet typed in my response, but response to that is still, that does nothing to negate my labeling it as her first girl crush. All that does is support my theory. That's true, actually, yeah. And now I definitely want fic of those two. I did not did not anticipate shipping so many people in these damn books. <laughs> well, there's millions of characters. Sooner or later, you were going to run into a ship out of pure, you know, randomness. That's not true. Because as long as I hated the series, I wasn't going to ship anything because I hated it. The second I went a little soft, though, clearly, clearly that was a bad choice. <laughs> Yeah, I did like there's a shouty bit in here that you guys will read if you read the recap where you talk about. So I the one part where we did kind of. It actually is an argument between us, not really an argument, but a disagreement is I called Lila on being shitty to her best friend's family. And you pointed out that, you know, Alice is literally always there. and They have this great familiar relationship and there's a, two parents that are very active in their life and all of this stuff. And you know what? That's a really good point. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, I, as I said, I was only being devil's elbow. I, to be honest, I was as unengaged um, <laughs> in this as you. Like, I sort of cared, but I didn't really. And I just felt like being a bit of a dick for no reason. Hence the shouty caps. But I do stand by it as logical. Yeah, that <laughs> is definitely logical. And again, it ties back into... God, I guess it's been a few books back now where we were talking about how, in part because of Raven, it there is a lot of sympathy towards Lila because of this really shit family situation she's in. We do like Lila. I thought the overall, I thought that the B plot was handled very well. I thought Brooke I was great, and um, yeah, and yeah, it was. Uh, it seemed like it was quite seamless. I like it when the B plot just sort of properly overlaps with the A plot, which it sort of did with the. Um, um, I want to say prank, but it's not prank. What's the, what's it called? The, oh, the, the pledge challenge. The pledge, yeah. Because obviously for the pledge challenge for 
Brooke to join the Unicorns when they thought Brooke was going to join the Unicorns. It was all involving um, Jessica, uh, sorry, Brooke going to the Wakefields to be the French maid while it all happened. While, while Lila and, was it Lila and Ellen watching through the window? Which is the most bizarre thing. It was so weird because uh, Lila's complaint about that pledge task is that uh, none of the other unicorns will be there to see it. And they always are for other people's pledge tasks. And so they're going to lurk outside the window. And I just thought that was the creepiest, most ridiculous option she could have chosen. And then it doesn't happen. They go out to dinner instead. Yeah, well, that's very Lila, isn't it, really? Yeah, it can't is. be bothered. But yeah, it just was cracking me up. What were the other... So, I mean, you say you didn't like this book, but a lot of the times in this recap, wing you've just said oh i was laughing that was hilarious i was i was cracked up and laughed all the way through it and that's what i was like and because of that i concluded i enjoyed it no i didn't expect to dislike this book the way i did when i got to the end of my recap and there's i think a note at the end of it where i was surprised to dislike it so much the humiliation aspect of parenting, like using humiliation as punishment. I could not get past that. I don't know why, because it's not something, it's not a personal thing to me. I'm A, not a parent. B, was not parented like that. C, have really great relationship with my parents, both dad now and mom while she was alive. But it just, I don't know what it did, but it stopped all over a button I didn't even know I had. So it ruined every other aspect. I loved the B-plot. Like, I thought Brooke was hilarious. The way that Brooke and Lila's dialogue is written, where they keep talking past each other. So Lila thinks one thing happened out of their conversations, and Brooke thinks a different thing happened. Was really well done. Team Grapplegate was excellent They always do that. They're, like, really good at that kind of stuff. They are. But yeah, like, I love the B-plot. The A-plot had such potential, but I could not get past the humiliation as punishment thing. So, yeah, it ruined the book for me. Even though at any individual moment when we're talking, I'm like, yes, I love this particular thing. It made me laugh out loud. Because I did, multiple times. I couldn't get past that ending. Although I just work on the knowledge that literally everyone in Sweet Valley is probably you know, 90% horrible. I mean, there are a few exceptions. There's like Mary. Um, oh, she's horrible at times yeah. too. I mean, all of them have these horrible moments. Yeah, so. but particularly the Wakefields are 90% toxic at all times. So, Oh, yeah. I yeah. So, I mean, I definitely understand why you guys enjoyed it a lot more. And I cannot explain why that one thing has just killed this book for me. But yeah. It clearly did. Fair enough. Not. So yeah, individual pieces I love, the B plot I loved, A plot just made me hate it by the end. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, can't really argue with that, can you? I can't really explain it, so it's kind of like shrug, shruggy shoulder, shruggy, oh my god, I can't say it. You know what, never mind, I give up. Shruggy shoulders emoji goes here. Holy crap, that's Yeah, hard. that's much easier to type than say. I'm not even going to try it. Yeah, apparently. I will say uh, my favorite part of this is definitely your guys' comments on the recap, especially because we need to have a little brief revisit to Sexy Instruments. Here we go with Sexy Instruments version 2.0. A. The saxophone is a sexy instrument. Dub, you're wrong. B. The trombone is not. (laughs) You're correct. C. I did not say that the trumpet was sexy. I said it was flashier, (laughs) which it is. 
D, the sexiest instrument in any sort of high school band like that, is the drumline ketchup. I still can't get past the fact that the saxophone's a sexy instrument. <laughs> just... The saxophone's you not forget, a sexy like, instrument. Wynn has spent many, many years of her life watching The Lost Boys. Tim Capello's oiled-up <laughs> body gyrating while he's doing the sax solo from I Still Believe, while Michael is I fucking star. Hilariously, that probably would have ruined saxophones for me. Well, that's, that's what I mean. The saxophones try too hard to be sexy. Oh, I disagree. He tries too hard to be sexy. Or that scene is shot like it's trying too hard to be sexy. Saxophones, especially in jazz, are super sexy sounding instruments. Like, it's just they've got that deep, nice timber to it. They really drive the beauty of it. They take the place of a lot of the woodwinds when you get to jazz. It's just they're beautiful, beautiful, sexy music. You just, like, lost me at jazz. That's, like, so <laughs> not my thing. Like, I'm sorry. I wish I liked jazz. I know it's really cool to like jazz, but, oh, <laughs> rip my ears well, off and jump up and down on them. Have you seen the, the sexy sax man careless whisper thing? No. Okay, let me just... I probably do not want to either. <laughs> let me just is it get this safe off. for work? <laughs> yes, it is, yeah. Does yeah, that okay. matter? Well, just in case we were going to put it in the show notes. Does that matter? <laughs> we're not safe for work. There we go. Okay, here we go. For those of you at home, Wing has an incredulous, slightly spiteful, but moderately amused look on her face. Why are you trying to ruin the saxophone for me, Raven? That's why, why it's you... not sexy. We're going it to put this link sexy. in the show notes. This specific thing is not sexy. The saxophone as an instrument can totally be sexy. Why are you trying to ruin it for me? This is the definition of the saxophone. No, it's it not. Is... Oh my god. A man with a mullet. <laughs> Topless in leather trousers, this stood in Walmart. Eighties, <laughs> stood in the food court of some mall, <laughs> just playing the sound, playing careless whisper while people watch. That's why they chose the saxophone for a reason. For that man, that prank wouldn't work if it was any other instrument. And that's why the saxophone's not sca- uh, sexy. It is absolutely sexy. You were wrong. Just because people abuse it doesn't make it not sexy. All of this is academic because, to be honest, Stephen was playing a trombone, wasn't he? <laughs> yes, or was, he was it a trumpet? It was a trombone. I thought he would have gone with the trumpet because they're a flashier, not sexier instrument. The trombone doesn't do a ton. It's just kind of... Yeah. There you go. Uh, and also, it's heavy to carry around. I just don't really see Stephen embracing it that much. But you know what? Cool. <laughs> But yeah, so there was our little diversion into sexy instruments one more time. Yeah, I'm sorry, but like, surely guitar is the sexiest instrument. It is a sexy instrument. It is not sexier than drums, for sure, but it is a sexy instrument. Stop pandering! You know Raven played drums. Oh, I did. Right. They were not very sexy. Him. <laughs> oh yeah, she's still cross with you over the saxophone thing. <laughs> I've just found a sexy trombone man playing Careless oh Whisper. <laughs> the Careless Whisper's a thing, apparently. Also, bass guitar players are way hotter than regular guitar players on the whole. Bass guitar players are perverts. No. 
Yeah. I am a bass guitar player. Well, there we go. I rest my case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You did oh not God. argue that well for a lawyer. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Just walked straight into that one. She's not even making human noise now. <laughs> okay, well, I think she agrees with you that trombones are not sexy. Well, that's fair. I never argued with that. <laughs> okay, so the takeaway here is that trombones are definitely not sexy, but are fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, yeah, we'll give you that. Trombones are a great comedy instrument. Wah, wah, wah. All right. All right. Okay. So, given that all this takes place in the 80s, I am now going to give Stephen a mullet in my head. Oh, that's a if good that's good point. If Raven's going to give everyone a thick Yorkshire accent, I'm giving Stephen a mullet. In fact, I'm giving all the boys a mullet, especially Bruce Patman. <gasps> yes, that's brilliant. In fact, I'm giving Bruce Patman one of those little rat tails, you know, when you tie a mullet with, like, a leather piece of string and it just looks like a dead rat. Is that what a rat tail is? A tied-up yeah. mullet? I did not know that. I thought it was a much short, like, a much thinner piece that you cut that way. I didn't realize it was a tied-up mullet. Huh. Today I learned something new. <laughs> you could have learned a fallacy. Who knows? I, I, like I don't it, have though. Google, so, um, <laughs> yeah. Yes, Google has... Uh, gone away from Dove. Dove is being punished by the Google and can no longer search for things. Yeah, Dove tried to look up the latest Jurassic Park game and the release date and everything crashed. So Dove is not using the internet. Like, well, not a browser anyway. <laughs> um, I guess back to the actual book. Oh, yeah, why didn't Madame Andre show up in this book more? You would have th thought that that would have come up much more in yeah. a book called Mademoiselle Jessica. I realized that Raven would have hated it then, but why didn't she turn up? Well, I suppose it was because the book wasn't really about school French, was it? Well, I suppose that's true, because Jessica could not read the fine print, which said she had to be taking French classes. Yeah. Uh, so that's a fair point, actually. Yeah. I'm glad she didn't arrive, though, you know, well, because I, know, I, I, I know. did expect her to appear in some, in some capacity. But like like Mr. Like Mr. Nydick, I think it's uh, it's an informed attribute that they're important in this series. Yeah, no, we fair. just sort of claim this, <laughs> and it's not the not the truth at all. I don't think Madame Andre will be back. <gasps> really? You, wow! You just given Raven like the greatest gift ever. <laughs> I know. Like, do you want sort of like a trigger warning or something if she does pop back up? Because obviously, I read them before you do, so. It's absolutely fine. I shall look forward to seeing her or not seeing her. Yeah, but honestly, I don't think she's back, so you don't have to get that angry. I mean, I think she's a shit teacher as well, but... Yeah. I do too, but I love how she makes Raven rage. So, does that mean ballet? Ballet is no longer a thing that they do, or is it just... Uh, there is book... I can't see it from here. I think it's about 67 or something. Patty's Last Dance. Uh, that's set all about ballet but i don't think she learns from madame andre i think oh, she's weird. much more advanced <sighs> yeah and that story is basically deanie by judy bloom only not not done as well interesting well, i look forward to that so what about the actual things that happened in the in the pranking the actual stuff that went on like the how funny were they i mean we've sort of 
Was there any particular standouts that people thought, oh, I really enjoyed the flambe donuts, for example? I was just about to say, yeah. (laughs) I mean, just like picturing a donut on fire just makes me happy. (laughs) I want to set donuts on fire. Uh, I actually like the food aspect and the clothing aspect of the the French contest, frankly. I thought the clothing stuff was hilarious uh, with Jessica, like, actually listening to other people about fashion, even though she's standing there going, this is terrible. I know this is terrible. This is terrible. And yet she's like, oh, but it's French. <laughs> <laughs> no, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the food. There was, what was it? Was it uh, Elizabeth's mac and cheese? Was yeah. That the, um, yeah. Yeah. That was the, the, the main dish. And then the, the, uh, the, the donuts flambe, which was good. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed Stephen as well. Just randomly, just randomly being dressed all in black. Yes. I did like the pictures you guys added to the recap. <laughs> oh, yeah. So the food thing, also, it was very weird. One of the things was carrot loaf. I still would like to know what the fuck a carrot loaf is. So I don't remember that. Carrot me. loaf. Yeah, it's uh, cream, spinach, and carrot loaf. Well, you're American. You're supposed to explain it to us. I don't know what the fuck a carrot loaf is. <laughs> is it like a meatloaf? Is it like a meatloaf with carrots? Is it zucchini bread with carrots? Is it carrot, carrot cake? I don't know. I think carrot cake. Yeah, if you if you search for carrot loaf, it comes up with carrot cake. I love carrot cake. So then it's a dessert. Why do they also have flaming donuts? Oh, the, because they are French. Well, desserts. They have two desserts. <laughs> the first dessert is the pre-dessert, and then they have the main dessert. But is it so? As the one who speaks a little. I guess this falls on you. So the word P-A-I-N, isn't that bread? Pain. Yeah, pain yeah. au chocolat. Yeah, that is bread. So, yeah, so it's basically carrot bread. Yeah, bread savory carrot. Cow, savory carrot bread. Recipe okay, so on Food 52. Wow, all right. Carrot bread. Okay. Cool. Carrot and mushroom loaf. Oh, oh. That sounds hideous. Cheesy oh carrot nut roast. Savory potato carrot loaf. Yeah, you can make a carrot loaf. Why would you? The whole point of veg is to be healthy. Add it to bread, it's no longer healthy. It's not necessarily added to bread. It's like a meatloaf, I think. Oh, okay. That's also horrific. I mean, potato bread is good, but uh, you know what? No, this... So yeah, the food is weird and funny. There you go. No, but you're, you're right. Savoury carrot bread recipe. That's a thing. Yeah, that <laughs> is a bread. So I guess that's what they were talking about. It's, it, it's cooking, isn't it? Basically, everyone's just took one thing and put it with everything else. <laughs> so fair. you can literally have whatever you want. Swordfish in a bap. You know, whatever, <laughs> whatever you like. <laughs> you broiled flounder. Yeah, broiled flounder. we could get back to... We should have had broiled flounder. <laughs> that should have been Alice's signature food. dish. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking weird stuff they eat. It- it's no wonder Jessica's favourite food is spaghetti and meatballs. Like, if the options are all the other shite that they come out with, like broiled flounder and carrot bread. Right? I am feeling spaghetti and meatballs too, especially if they're giant meatballs. Look, there, I got it in before you guys Yay! Yay! <laughs> the other thing about this ending that is weird and off to me is, so, kind of didn't talk about it at the time, but there's that dynamo, is that how you say it? Dynamo. 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 Dynamite. Dynamo. Yeah, it will be Dynamo. There's a there's a British um, magician called Dynamo. Okay. That's yeah. How it's pronounced, uh, yeah. So the 
Dynamo concert kind of runs through this because one of the things Lila's bragging about is having the box seats for it. And they heard uh, the band play a couple songs at that party. Brooke's dad threw a book or so ago. So it all kind of culminates in this concert that Lila's been bragging about. And because Alice is doing decorating work for the lead singer of Dynamo, uh, she gets Nick the, England. Nick England. <laughs> she gets the Wakefield Kids front row seats, which means that Jessica then gets pulled up on stage for a thing at one point, and it's just all over the top and uh, unnecessary and awkward. And it's basically done just so that Jessica could brag to Lila that her experience was so much better because there was no food in the box like Lila thought there would be and the video wasn't working so she could barely see and just all of this stuff to kind of just smack down the bragging. And yes, I wanted someone to deal with the bragging, but letting the Wakefields have this moment that felt really unearned and pointless was maybe not how to do that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the, I agree. I, to be honest, I'd completely forgotten about this bit because it was something, again, that wound me up. It did seem to come from left field that all of a sudden Jessica's on stage with Dynamo. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, just, just, I mean, it would have been enough just to have, it on, uh, you know, have them on in their front row seats enjoying the show. Yeah, because that, that would have that's been a believable thing that he did get his new interior decorator some front row seats because she mentioned that they were big fans. That's enough. Yeah, you know I, mean? I agree. That, 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 yeah. That, yeah, and that would have been fine. And that would have been like, oh, you couldn't see Lila because the, the CCTV wasn't working. We were on the front of the row. That would have nailed it. But having to drag What would have been stage... even better is if Jessica was saying all that to Lila and Lila was like, really? Don't believe you. And I didn't see it because uh, my, <laughs> the, my video wasn't working. Oh, that's actually, that would have been hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, that or even like getting a the a pick thrown to her or something, but he basically calls her out by name and yeah. brings her up, and it's and he just brings her up, not Ned or not Ned, just brings her <laughs> up. up. <laughs> Dad dancing in the background to Dynamo. He, that would be amazing. Really want that to be a thing. <laughs> What's this? Brought... It's got a good beat. <laughs> the kids these days, they've got yes. this good stuff. Is this gangster rap? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. He only brought Jessica up, not Stephen <laughs> and Elizabeth, which seemed even weirder. Like, if she was going to have him recognize her kids, which front row seats is one thing. I don't know that I'm bringing my decorator's kids up on stage. But yeah. if she was going to have them do that, why wouldn't he have addressed all three of them? It it just felt very forced and fake, even for Sweet Valley, which is such a forced and fake world to start with. Unless that's like part of his thing, every show he pulls someone up because um, Michael Jackson always used to get someone on stage to sing "I Just Can't Stop Loving You" to, and uh, that person would then lose their mind and probably boost his ego no ma- no no end. I would still have a hard time believing that he just randomly picked Jessica, but I think he actually calls her Jessica. Like he invites her up as Jessica Wakefield. Oh wow, I have totally blocked this scene out. I would have to pull a book up. Well, and how about this that. then? This might seem quite nicely into Bleak Valley. Maybe Alice has been having an affair with him, and he's just trying to meet her kids because <laughs> he wants to run away with her. At some that point. explains why, why they didn't pull up Stephen just like last time. Stephen's going to be left behind by every one of her lovers. That's the <laughs> I like that. I'm going with that theory, though I am actually going to go check and see. Um, Oh, actually, uh, 
the PA system itself wasn't working. So she didn't, I guess Lila didn't even hear the damn. So she was just in a room with a window. What's the point of that? <laughs> with her dad's, dad's work colleagues or. Surely she'd have heard something because like, you know, if you live near an arena, you don't have to buy a ticket. Oh, you know? I agree. They have seats that are usually up under the box seats, like really cheap seats at the very top. And you can easily hear the concert amazingly from there. That's what the whole, whatever, it's built that way. So yeah, this is what happens. Uh, the real miracle was yet to come. Halfway through the concert, Nick England leaned over the edge of the stage. Which of you is Jessica? He asked with a grin. Uh, how about a dance? He asked, pulling her up on the stage. Nice. He calls her out by name, ignoring her siblings. I'm not entirely sure that he's dating Alice for Alice's sake. Nice. Anyway, on that note, should we move on to Bleak Valley? Yes, Bleak Valley it up, because I like your theory. Okay, Bleak Valley. had the bizarre notion that Alice is sleeping with Dynamo's lead singer Nick England and he's looking to whisk them all off to uh, to live with him in whichever godforsaken country he comes from. Is he English? Nick England? He can't be. No, he's not. God, I hope he is. And Nick England's probably an assumed name, so he named himself Nick England from England. (laughs) Maybe so. Uh, That sounds like a a Sweet Valley story inside of Bleak Valley is that Elizabeth is going to save herself. The only version of her worth saving is Jessica. So she's going to send her off with this uh, beautiful savior who sweeps her out of a crowd and onto the stage and runs away with her. Yeah, heartbreaking. Truly. I've got a theory for the whole French thing. Go for it. Okay. My theory is, what if she's been knocked about so hard that she's got a concussion to the point where things aren't really making much sense to her. Um, And that's why everyone is appearing to behave so oddly. Oh, I like that. And, like, it feels out of control to her. Um, Because I know I once had a concussion. I was asleep for, like, three days. And I really didn't understand what my parents were on about. Uh, Like, it took them about three or four minutes of just talking to me to encourage me to go back to bed before I understood what they were on about it was it was kind of like you know when you sleepwalk and you get really frustrated because people don't understand you and you're like the yellow frogs are uh, are frying and they're like right and you're just like really cross because these idiots don't comprehend you or someone is talking to you and you don't get it either so that's my. That's why everyone seems to be wearing odd clothes, and Dad is setting food on fire. And although, to be fair, I should imagine <laughs> fires are quite. Often. You know. <laughs> yeah, Alice has fallen asleep. 
and Bleak Alice has fallen asleep in a gin-addled stupor again. Yeah. To be fair, that could be normal Alice. That's very true. <laughs> it could be Sweet Valley Alice, not necessarily Bleak Valley Alice. Yeah, that's quite nice. Mm. Nice. Well, you know what I mean? A nice theory. Yes. Not, not a particularly yeah. pleasant theory, but uh, yeah. About the, uh, this whole idea of someone coming in that they have to impress, we know that there's at least one other child, whether like teenager or not. We haven't really talked about the, the steps of like or whatever. There's at least one other person who may have been underage in the house. What if uh, child services were called about something and so they have to do this yeah. whole presentation of we're this perfect family so she gets locked down out of the way made to be silent uh, and all these things are happening and potentially this person could save her and whisk her off to some wonderful place like Paris or you know a nice house <laughs> where she has a room and not a space under the stairs and so that would be them acting weird would be these kind of normal things like serving food and dressing nicely and not being drunk but to her it looks like weird things like yeah jelly donuts on fire yeah <laughs> i like that a lot i think that's yeah good. i like yeah. that idea yeah mm, that yeah, really works yeah. awesome yeah that's good that one hmm maybe how about the step sibling is actually learning French at school. Ooh, I like that too. And is not taunting, taunt not not so much taunting with it, just being you know practicing the French and and you know oh you don't know this, <laughs> and right. just being generally obnoxious in a very low key way, not right, usually just a you sibling know, way, yeah, sibling way, um, and yeah, maybe she's even. Got a, managed to get hold of a picture or a, a magazine, a French magazine that the siblings left somewhere with the French homework in it or something. So she's that's why she's got some very odd views about France because it's all very basic sort of grade one France where French homework where everyone's wearing stripy tops and doing berets. the French things, berets and yeah. eating onions and driving around on bikes and stuff, you know. So yeah. That's a little bit more light-hearted than the other one, I think, but yeah. I like I that, explain that, yeah. Mm. Well, given that Jessica, um, at the end of the book, gets free French lessons or introductory French mm. lessons, maybe while the social services person is here, child services, um, they've hastily given her a book to read, and she's, like, on the first page reading about, like, Je m'appelle Elizabeth. Mm. And I can that's, see that. that's sort of like why Jessica gets the uh, lessons, although let's face it, she's never going to use them. Nope. Well, uh, how often do you use your French lessons until this recap happened there, Raven? I, uh, I've been to France a few times to play cards. Do you go around speaking French? Um, I understand more French than I can speak, to oh, be perfectly okay. honest. And also, most of the time I go to France to play cards, I go with my friend. Um, Let's call him Sparrow. I go with my friend Sparrow, and he speaks fluent French, and he speaks fluent Spanish, and he speaks fluent Italian, and he speaks fluent everything because he's a bell end. And, so <laughs> and we Sparrow just... is your Elizabeth, I take it. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. I can't think of a, any way to improve him. Maybe, maybe make him taller. So when we go, he sort of does the the heavy lifting. He has right. a human so babelfish. Babelfish. Yeah. Babelfish. Yeah. Babelfish. Babelfish. Yeah. So I'd like, you know, I'd like to go to France more often and have the confidence to speak more French. Sure. But you know, I only did it to sort of GCSE level, 
I didn't pass with the I passed, but I didn't pass with a particularly good grade. Okay. And it was not something that I continued on with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can I can generally understand what people are saying in French as long as they're not going over the you know as right. long as they're talking about very very basic concepts and sure. things. Um, yeah, holiday French you can get by with, I think, just about. Well, I did uh, German at my school, and I now work with a German lady. So every so often, she asks me something in German. And thankfully, I know the answer's like a yes or no. So, yeah, nine. Delightful. <laughs> uh, I did Spanish, specifically in high school. In college, it was uh, Spain Spanish. So as I got older, I picked up more Mexican-based Spanish. But uh, I read it a lot better than I speak it. So I've... Even able to, I've been able to translate like legal documents and stuff like that, but that would be the extent of it. Like I don't think very well on my feet. I don't, as you all know, if you've listened to a couple episodes, I don't like extemporaneous speaking very much. Uh, so I much prefer to read it and translate it that way. But yeah, languages can be super useful. Uh, I do think I was the only one that chose a language, like chose Spanish. My parents spoke a little French and German because their families were German. And then my dad was stationed in France and Germany for a while. And my brother took German. And so occasionally they just go around talking German and I'm over here. Okay. <laughs> Espanol, por favor. <laughs> Marvellous. So have we wrapped up Bleak Valley, do we think? I yes. think so. Yeah, yes. I think comprehensive, that one, I thought. So now it's just the book ranking. It is. Our book categories are stupendous with hand gestures, good, meh, bad, and kill it with fire. I'm going to give this a bad. Maybe high bad, closer to meh. Like... No, bad. Yeah, that the whole humiliation as parenting. Yeah, bad. It's yeah, bad. I sit there. Raven. Raven. Okay, fine. I am gonna give it a good. So it's cancelled out your bad, so meh. Well I cancelled out your good, so meh. Well that's fine. So therefore the <laughs> casting vote goes to Dove. No, I'm going to give it a good. Um, I was going to give it a high good when I was thinking about this before, but there were a few things that did wind me up. So I'm going to give it a mid to almost low good now. It was a mid good when I considered the ending didn't cash all the checks that were written by the setup. And then it got knocked down at a further notch when I was reminded of Jessica on getting dragged onto stage which by Dynamo, which was a bit... It wasn't, it wasn't good that no, so yeah, low good, but still a good because it did make me laugh out loud multiple times. Well, I was also going to give it a good, but then the whole dynamo thing came up, and then Wing actually read the paragraph to me, and it was even more sickening than I thought. And also the fact that you guys have voted both good and bad leaves me wanting to vote meh so it can just sit in mediocrity the way it deserves. Well, that's fair. I love that. Firmly in the centre. Well logiced. Well logiced. I I think this is one that I would read again, but it wouldn't be the first on the list of mine to read again. Yeah, the older boy would be first on your list. Yeah. I do... uh, I am glad that this came... After we'd already had a one book at least break from the one that I love so much. Like, had this been closer to uh, the 
crap, what's it? The Carnival, Carnival Ghost. Ghost. I think I would have rated it even lower. Like, it just... Killing with fire, really? Well, no, low bad. Probably oh, not killing with okay. fire. Like yeah. killing with fire is special to me. It takes a big thing to get there. This was not quite that. I still feel like I'm recovering from how much I love the Carnival Ghost in a lot of ways. Like even stuff that's fine, it's just fine. It's not the Carnival Ghost. So we'll see how long it takes me to get out from that slump. <laughs> Spoilers, never. Uh, well, I did kind of think that was true. So. <laughs> I'll just go reread it again. It's my personal favourite anyway, so... I do feel like I've blown that favourite list a little early in this fucking recapping adventure, so... Yeah. Uh, Oh, well. But there are more good, fun books, so I'm kind of hoping... Yeah. Like I said, I did laugh a lot of this. It was just overall it didn't work. Individual parts of this were great. (laughs) Same. I enjoyed parts of it, but like suddenly remembering the dynamo bit, which I had successfully blocked out from my brain. Sorry. (laughs) Well, no, it was fair. I'm glad you did, because otherwise I'd have thought more highly of this than it deserved, because it is kind of bollocks. Well, I don't necessarily want to drag you guys down with me when I dislike a book. I like how much you enjoy stuff, but... Uh, no, 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 we, we expect that sort of, you know... We, we like having a difference of opinions so we can true. influence each other's um, thoughts on the books. I think that's it's true. nice. I definitely come out of the, the podcast episodes with generally different feelings that I had going in. Like, it does show me different things, and I always love that. Part of the fun of the recap site in general is hearing from you guys in your comments and our readers when they comment and reach out to us. Everyone brings such different things. And that's probably the best part of all of this, except for the, except for the carnival ghost. Sorry. That trumps everything. That's better than literally every aspect of everything. I thought you were going to go. I thought you were going to say, except for the girl who handed one of our recaps in as her school project. Oh my God. No, that I should have. That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I think she emailed us to say thank you because she got like a B on it. I'm like, really? A B? We're now, outstanding. Right? <laughs> I'd forgotten about the B thing. I don't get Bs. What the hell? Give me your teacher's email address. When we was can this? do better. Oh, this was years ago on Point Horror. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Thank God, I get A's. What the hell, teacher? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how depressing is that? Like, we're in we're in our 30s we're overachievers we think about these things a lot and we got a b at a high school level i have multiple degrees i know what the hell <laughs> i'm pretty sure if you knew you were writing it for the high school teaching audience then you'd have nailed it with a's but the fact was it was a recap a snarky recap about something that's true she probably lost half of it by taking all the instances of fuck out of it <laughs> to edit it down to a high school level probably three quarters of it went away because my god we have mouths on us when we recap or in life i i actually cuss a lot in life too so sorry guys (laughs) uh all right so this was great uh despite disliking the book i obviously love the podcast episodes always i want brooke to be my new best friend the a plot gave me secondhand embarrassment and i'm glad i don't have to read it again but that b plot in brooke that was amazing more of her thank you raven and dove for an excellent conversation i do like it when we disagree it comes for great conversations and and new ideas coming out and thank all of you for listening and supporting us for a long 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 time and much longer to come thanks for listening 
Thanks, guys. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to the Sweet Valley Online Podcast for Sweet Valley Twins number 46, Mademoiselle Jessica, recorded on the 22nd of April, 2018. Next week, we'll be talking about Sweet Valley Twins number 47, Jessica's new look. You can access all of our past recaps and podcasts at sweetvalley.online, a member of the nostalgicbookshelf.com network. Check us out on facebook.com slash sweetvalleyonline or Tumblr at sweetvalleyonline.tumblr.com. Our music is supplied by Stuart Taylor. You can be contacted at taylorstuart602 at gmail.com for all your musical needs. We can be found on Twitter under sweetvalley underscore, devil's elbow pod, and bookshelf underscore raven. Be sure to join us on May the 4th Be With You. Until then, watch out for twin sisters getting up in your business and hide your joke contest entries better than Jessica does. Jessica does.